Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. Hey, Teresa, guess what? What? I got Queen Shadow. Oh, good. I got finally. Yeah, finally. Well, I had to do it the <laughs> old-fashioned way. But I ordered it. Luckily, you know, Amazon can get you stuff literally the same day sometimes if you order it. But I got next day delivery um, on release date. So just got the book. It's out there now for people to buy. So people should buy it. Yes, you should buy it. So have you started reading it? I did start reading it, and I started. I did. I started reading it like the physical copy, but then since the audiobook just came out as well, I just turned that on on my commute, just to kind of get a sense of how that's going to sound. And since Cat mm -hmm. Tabor is doing the voice, I was curious to hear that. So, so I'm kind of doing a little bit of both, but I'm only like two chapters in, oh, okay. so I'm not far enough in to really have much of an impression yet. Well, I've read it. And I'm actually, this will probably be the first book that I will have read twice by the time we cover it, because I'm listening to it now in the audiobook form to hear Cat Tabor do all the voices and everything. And so I'm really excited for that. But I love this book, and I can say it is a YA book. Uh, it kind of falls right in line with... Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and Lost Stars. So if you like those, then you'll probably like this book. If you're a Padme fan, you will definitely like this book. Uh, this, I can honestly say, is a book that I didn't know I needed. And I feel like I've ha heard a lot of fellow fangirls say that, that they didn't realize how much they needed this particular book. And so I I don't know. I, I'm just over the moon about this one. And I even have a, I now have a shirt. Looking for Leia did a campaign, like not a campaign, but they put a bunch of shirts up for women in the Star Wars galaxy. So the one I got was called Squad Goals. And it's like, it says like Padme, Sabe, Erite, you know, and so on and so forth all the way down. Verse. All the A's. Dorme, Corde. But they talk about the names in the book. And there is a significance to their names. It's not like everybody on Naboo is actually named that. Uh, it's not the real names. <laughs> I did. I got to that. Yeah. That's pretty early in the book. They kind of explain yeah. the names, which I they, thought was a nice they took touch. Names, they take names in in honor of, their, of the queen that they're serving. So uh, that's how you ended up with all those names, which I thought was so incredibly cool. And the fact that we know who some of these are like in the films we we see Corday you know uh mm -hmm. and she dies i think and then we see Dorme I think uh and then we see Sabe cuz i think you you might have told me is so Sabe is Kira Knightley's character right i believe so yeah she's Sabe yeah uh so we don't see them all individually but it is it is pretty cool actually and I, I I like kinda getting to know more about like the Naboo culture and 
things. So we get a lot more of that, which I find really interesting. And if you've ever wanted to know more about Padme and like her background behind being queen, this is the book because they do, they talk about it and it's, it's incredibly enlightening, especially if you're a fan of Leia, of Luke and Leia, and knowing where their mother came from, which I think is really interesting, me, personally. Uh, yeah. But, you know. But, yeah, it did just come out, and Kat Tabor does the voice for the audiobook, and actually, Fangirls Going Rogue got to interview Kat Tabor today, as we're recording this, and talk to her about the audiobook, and she was... She was very, very enlightening about her process with audiobooks because she's done quite a few of them. And so she talked a lot about her process and in recording audiobooks and how she does it and all kinds of stuff and what it was like recording this one. So it's pretty neat. When are you guys posting that one? Um, it'll be a part of the March, uh, the March Fangirls Going Rogue episode. So. This episode of Bookworms will probably go up before that episode does. So just be on the lookout for the March release episode of Fangirls Going Rogue. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So, well, we will eventually get to the point where we're going to review the whole book, but... Oh, it will be sooner rather than later. April just happens to get in the way because that's where Star Wars Celebration is. Mm -hmm. So I see May as being our... Recording. The Queen Shadow. The yeah. Queen Shadow, yeah. Maybe I'll read it three times. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably do the, you know, read through the physical and then audio. So I'll have, you know, have a couple read-throughs under my belt. And then we'll have a good discussion about it. Um, it's not a hard book to read at all, honestly. Yeah. And I read it I read it in actual book form, which is super rare for me. I read everything on audiobook. So if I can do it. You can do it. I think I did it. I read that book in, what, maybe like two or three days? I was like done. It was very quick. Wow. That's when you know yeah. you really like a book. Yeah. Well, it's YA. It's not a big book, you know. Right. You know, so it's... But no, it was a good story. I thought anyway. But maybe I'm crazy. No, I th- I've been hearing mostly good things about it. Actually, I've only heard good things so far, but that might be because of the specific people I follow on Twitter. <laughs> Probably, because <laughs> we're all big Padme fans. So, but, you know, I've so far, just even just two chapters in, it's already surprised me. I'm already intrigued by some things. I, I mean, there's already been some Palpatine. There's already, already been some Panaka. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah. the Panaka. The Panaka stuff is interesting, because we know Captain Panaka, right? Yes. But there's another Panaka, which yep. is so cool. And we'll just and leave I, it. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. We'll it's leave it there. So we'll, be, cool. we'll, we'll have so a full discussion cool in May. But yeah. Oh my we're, god. We're teasing our review right now. Yeah, but we did get a bunch of news today. So Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has opening dates, and I know we are both excited about this, but also kind of scared at the same time. It's like this weird. <laughs> At least for me, it's this weird like, yay! Oh God, I don't know if I want to go. Let me let it simmer for a year. I don't. It's one of those things. Just because I'm a little scared, because I'm... I know how popular it's going to be, and I want to have a really good experience. I don't want to be crowded into the land like a sardine, you know, like 
I yeah. want to be able to move around and like enjoy the atmosphere and like get the full experience. So I feel like I have to let it simmer. Well, even let the, the Disney Parks blog post that they they kind of announced it on, or at least gave all the details on, um, it, it's a little intimidating when you read it. Mm, yeah. It's like they're even scared of the crowds. You know, they're <laughs> they like, are. this is a staggered opening. This is phase one. Where you know, and then it's like there's going to be reservations for Disneyland, so you have to do that. And, and they're like, it's debuting early because of high guest interest. High guest interest, yeah. You know? And then they said something about, you know, um, I forget what how they worded it, but it was basically warning you that, you know, you're not guaranteed anything based on crowds. Yeah, you know, you yeah. might not actually get to do anything. <laughs> you know, they're not even doing fast passes for no. the Millennium Falcon ride. So I doubt they're, honestly, I doubt they'll do fast passes for maybe, uh, like, at least probably the first year. I don't. I don't so see that them just doing means that. you just are going to wait for hours. That's just going to happen. Yeah. There's no, there's no easy way. There's no unless you're, you know, mm -hmm. unless you have some kind of special access. Unless which... you pay three thousand dollars for a VIP tour guide. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and even maybe not even then, like people are assuming they might be able to do that. They may not even allow that, just because they want to keep it even across the board. You know. I they think may this is even... one of one of those things where you might want to. Kind of like you said, you wait, you let it simmer down a little bit. If you can't wait, you know, if you're just like, I have to go opening week or I have to go opening month, then just expect that you're going to get to kind of walk in there and like wade through a crowd and maybe see some cool things. But, you know, if I think you get in there. Yeah. And to get the full experience, say, you're going to have to go back. And I just want to say, if you are going to do that, may the force be with yeah. you. Like, <laughs> Good seriously. <luck. laughs> Uh, so let's tell them when it's opening in Disneyland Resort in California. It will be May 31st, but again, it is a two-phase opening. So the first phase is going to be the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run ride, some of the shops uh, and things like that, but only part of the land will be opening. So it's not full capacity and just that one ride. And then in Hollywood Studios, the first phase will open in, on August 29th. Now, they do not have a date for when the second phase will open. Phase two will include Rise of the Resistance, which they are calling the most ambitious, immersive, and advanced attraction ever imagined that will put guests in the middle of a climactic battle between the First Order and the Resistance. And I've heard, and I know, you, I know you've talked about this on one of your other shows, but it's supposed to be sort of like you feel like you're on four different rides all at once. Because of how immersive the ride is. So I can only imagine if I think about uh, the castle ride at Harry World's, Wizarding World of Harry Potter mixed with the bank ride, mixed with Avatar, mixed with Soren <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Like that kind of immersive thing. I'm like, oh, God, somebody give me motion sickness pills. I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm sure I'll be fine, but you won't. <laughs> yeah, I do. The, the Harry Potter rides, I've definitely had issues with motion sickness. I don't on, on like, Avatar uh, Flight of Passage, I don't at all. And on Soren, I don't have any issues. Um, but I do have issues on Star Tours. So, I mean, it just really depends on what kind of ride it is. But. I really hope that in this ride includes a really big drop like Tyro Terror because <laughs> you'll pee your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten better. The last time I went to uh, Disneyland, I did the Guardians ride again. And 
I did. I it, it was a lot of fun, and I didn't. It didn't freak me out as much. Yeah, so okay, I think but I'm, no, I'm no, adjusting. no. The Guardians ride, no, that's not a fair comparison. The Guardians ride, they've changed it. It's not like true it's Tower tame. of Terror. At it's Disney. tame compared that's, to Tower. Okay, yes, okay, okay. It is. So you can't. The I'll Tower be fine. of Terror at Disneyland does not compare to Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios. Sorry, but yeah, I wouldn't be opposed. Be I would actually prefer a drop like that over a like motion sickness type ride. I would I rather have a drop. I the Harry Potter ride so much. I know. And I've ridden the Harry Potter ride a couple of times because I just fight through it because I'm like, oh, I got to ride it. But then afterwards I feel horrible. So. Well, but this is the. Uh, just about the, you mentioned the reservation thing. Yeah. So between May 31st and June 23rd, so that like first month, you will need valid theme park admission, which means a ticket to Disneyland and you will have to make a no-cost reservation. Now, this is subject to availability, and the information of how to make a reservation will be on the Disneyland website at a later date. They aren't saying when, so you can go looking for it now, but it's not going to be there. And then guests that stay at one of the three actual Disneyland Resort hotels during those dates will get a designated reservation access. So at a specific time, you will have access to go. So you must plan all of your stuff around that. Yes. So I'm just saying. Which, is, which you uh, would you think, because have... I saw that where it said something about if you have reservations. And I was like, oh, well, then can I just go make a reservation at a hotel now? And then that'll guarantee me access. But then they if have... If you can get into the hotels. there. See, the, here's the problem. Disneyland Resort... They don't have as much space as Disney World. You can't just make like a last minute reservation at any of the hotels. So, well, I meant like the, making a reservation now, like today. Even no, but this that's what I would still consider last minute considering it opens in May. They yeah. don't have openings. I mean, they, they're just booked up all the time. Okay. It so, said, well, like, it, and they even do kind of say something about it later on in the post. It says, you should also note that vacation packages, park tickets, and Disney Resort hotel stays do not guarantee access to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. And then it says, this is the big disclaimer. The land, including participation in its experiences, will be subject to capacity restraints and other restrictions. So basically, they're they're putting it out there. Hey, there's going to be big crowds, and you might not actually get in, even if you buy a ticket. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Now, they are, and, but they, they do say that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will be available during Extra Magic Hours, uh, at Walt Disney World, which is actually really, really cool. Now, they're not saying whether or not it's going to be included in some of the extra paid-for evening hours. So for those people who don't know, Extra Magic Hours is a perk that you get when you stay at a Walt Disney World Resort hotel. The parks are either open an hour earlier or like two or three hours later after park closing time and you can only gain access to the rides via your magic band because it reads your resort reservation so that's a really cool perk that you get so galaxy's edge will be available but they also have a paid for ticketed version of these either really early in the morning or in the evening and they don't say whether or not galaxy's edge will be available during those so that's something to think about i'm sure there's a lot more info to come i wouldn't even be oh, surprised gosh, yeah. if they have kind of like you were saying some sort of a special time or event that a separate paid thing that gives you a little bit more access um 
and that and those, those will sell out within the first five out. minutes of it Ridiculous. going. <laughs> yeah, and they'll probably wait to announce them. So yeah, there's a, there'll, yeah, there'll be more coming, but for now we at least know the opening dates. And if you're crazy enough to try to go to the California opening, um, good, good luck. luck. Yeah, uh, I will not be there. May Lando's and- luck be with you. Yeah, and I, my husband and I are going to Disney World at the end of June, beginning of July. And when they announced the dates and I saw when it was, I was like, oh, good. <laughs> After we're there. Thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> uh, I just really want to be able to enjoy Pixar and Toy Story. And yeah, get in there before the haven't craziness. Because I haven't been there in about a year and a half, which is crazy for me because I go so often or used to. So I really just want to be able to enjoy my trip and I don't want to... Maybe some people will move their reservations. Like they'll be like, "Oh, okay, we're so close to the August. Let's push our trip back like a month." So all of oh, you I'm that sure are people considering will. doing that, do it. Clear up, clear up the park for me. Please. <laughs> oh my goodness! But there was also some other really cool news. So all of this came out in the shareholders meeting that was held today, and there's a couple other things. Uh, I know we didn't actually plan to discuss this, but I am curious on what you think about this. Bob Iger said that with the Disney Plus streaming service, not right when it opens, but a little bit later after it opens, the entire, entire Disney motion picture library will be available on the Disney Plus streaming service. What? Is, I mean, that's worth the price of admission, right? Like, they could put nothing else on it, and it would be – people would still buy that. Yeah, the entire – The entire library. The vault is open. Well, and that's the big thing people were talking about. And he even said that the vault concept is now – will now be no more. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to get rid of the vault and have everything open for people to watch whenever they want to? What is this? You know, this is where going to be the Disney place. Go? This is going to be the yeah. place for all things Disney. I mean, even new new releases are going to go to the streaming service. You know, within a year after I new release. So I can't imagine. Like I started thinking about it, and I'm like, what am I going to watch first? You know, because when you think entire library, that's all of the live actions. That's for the most part, because I know Song of the South will not be on there, which is perfectly fine. No one needs to ever see that movie. Uh, but like, OMG. And so I have no idea what what I'm even more excited to watch. Like, my brain just, it, I'm like, God, all the old movies, like, like the cat from outer space and that darn cat and the ugly dachshund and Pollyanna and like all these super old movies you know yeah i don't even know i can't but the disney vault thing it really has mostly applied to animation so that's going to be the coolest thing and i can only imagine for people who have kids that they've never been able to show their kids like like uh the aristocats or um i don't know what's in the vault uh i don't know they go in and out so much but i think i think little mermaid's back in the vault isn't it no it came out for its anniversary uh, but don't didn't they put it back in? Not yet. No? Okay. Because yeah. I tried to I tried to go buy something recently, and I was surprised that it wasn't available. But Lion King. Maybe Lion King. Luckily, I had bought that before they put it back in the vault. Yeah. Well, now there but, will be no more vault. Whenever yeah, that. Yeah, no is. more vault, which is a big uh, change for Disney. 
It's really, really cool. And I just wonder how that's going to impact Star Wars because I would really like to have the Star Wars films at my command. I mean, I have the new ones, but I still don't have the original six on digital. Hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I have them all on digital. Because I I have not been able to break myself down to pay the $100 for all six of them Mm -hmm. since I've been able to get all eight Harry Potters for like $40. So... You're waiting for that bundle, that sale. Well, yeah, they don't do it. They don't do it they for do Star Wars. They do everything yeah. else. They don't do Star Wars. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'll they'll be able to include the original ones. There's got to be some kind of deal. But I guess oh, they – didn't they just buy Fox? So maybe they, maybe they can now. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the deals are. Yeah, I don't I – don't, yeah, I don't necessarily keep up with kind of the stance or where all that stuff stands as far as what they've bought recently. <laughs> Because apparently, I guess it just came out, or like Iger said something on the call, that they're still going to be making movies under the Fox label, even though Disney yes. will technically own it. So Yes. So that's interesting, too. Um, this kind of makes me wonder about price point, because before I was kind of predicting what I thought based on some of the announcement they had made. I'm like, okay, it'll probably be around like $8 or whatever a month. Now I'm wondering. Well, if- Iger, Iger said initially when it launches, it's going to cost less than Netflix. He said that on this call? He said that on a call previous to this, the okay. last one. So, so initially, and, and then Netflix is what now? Is it like fifteen? About fifteen, yeah. Okay, so it could still be upwards of like twelve dollars or something. I'm thinking now because before I was predicting eight, I'm bumping that prediction up. I'm thinking it's gonna be like closer to twelve because I, yeah, I'm in I wasn't the, expecting I'm all in the of 10 this. To twelve dollar range, but it's not gonna be at launch. This the library being available, and he says you know, close to launch. Honestly, I'm thinking probably six months after it opens, you know, where it starts. So, and they could even push that back, but I would say at least six months. Hmm. So, so anyway, things that are coming up really soon, Star Wars Celebration. And we've already mentioned to our listeners, we're going to be on the, on the podcast stage, but we now can announce when so that you guys can start planning. And I'm actually really excited about the time that we have just because all the big panels will be done for the day. So you're going to have time. It can be the thing you go to to end your day and then go get dinner. We are Sunday, whatever date that is, I don't know. <laughs> Sunday of Star Wars Celebration at 6 p.m. Is that the 16th? I do not know. I think it might be the 16th. But, yeah, Um I think it's a it's a good time. I'm hoping that they because they just announced like the big animation panels, mm-hmm. and which ones are falling on which days, and I'm assuming those are going to fall kind of earlier in the day or maybe in the afternoon. And our our podcast stage appearance is you know it's at six p.m. So it's kind of no, it's the fourteenth. The fourteenth. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Because so it's the eleventh. The eleventh is Thursday. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking the 13th was Thursday. That's a good thing to clear up <laughs> so people get their calendars right. <laughs> you missed the podcast stage by two days. But, yeah, I think it'll be – it's a good time because I think um, it'll be a good way for people to kind of have a place to meet up right before they go to dinner. And so the Star Wars Bookworms podcast stage appearance will be a good meetup spot, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So here is what the plan is. Uh, for the animation panels. So 
Sunday, let's see, Saturday, April 13th, will be the Rebels Remembered panel with Dave Filoni, Vanessa Marshall, T.S. Carr, Taylor Gray, and special guest, probably. And, and then there will Sunday, not be an announcement of a new animated show no. in that panel. That was that was made very clear to me. And on it Twitter. is actually in the write up on Star Wars. It says, and there won't be a surprise announcement of a new series during this panel. <laughs> they were making sure that people understand that because even Dave Filoni said in his his post, his Rebels Remembered post, he did that mm-hmm. cool drawing. Like right in the comments of that drawing, he says, "This is not a new show. Don't get your hopes up." And then yeah. they said it in the announcement. And then Tracy, Tracy Canobio of Lucasfilm said, replied to your tweet. She replied to my tweet and was like, there's not a new announcement. You know, it's just making sure we understand there's no new so show just announcement. Being very clear. Yeah. So I think, uh, I believe them now. I and on them. Sunday, April 14th will be the Star Wars, the Clone Wars panel with an exclusive sneak peek of things to come with Dave Filoni and special guest. So you can check out the Clone Wars on Sunday and then come and see us that evening. Yeah. I don't know how that ties together at all, but, (laughs) and then on Monday, April 15th will be the resistance panel looking at the season one finale and a preview of the second season. And you'll get the executive producers, Justin Ridge, Athena Portillo, uh, Brandon Allman, and then members of the cast, including Christopher Sean, Susie McGrath, Scott Lawrence, Myrna Velasco, and Donald Faison. So I wonder when that's going to be, because we already know that the Phantom Menace anniversary panel, the big one, that's the big panel Monday. That's on Monday. And I don't, and I'm so, I'm kind of curious, you know, will that be first and then this or whatever? Who will Yeah, be I'm there? sure one will be the, because they're gonna have they're gonna strategically place certain panels like early in the morning, so that's I for the for the overnight people, the people usually, that are gonna wait in line. Well, and they usually do the big panels like in the morning. Mm-hmm. They're like the first one in the morning, like around ten. So I think the Phantom Menace panel is gonna be in the morning. I agree. I think yeah. that whenever they announce the episode nine panel, I believe will also be in the I morning. I think the episode nine panel is gonna be on Friday. Okay. Do you think there'll Friday be a Mandalorian panel? maybe or maybe just a uh live action show panel maybe they talk about mandalorian maybe. and the cassian show in the same panel i think i think the books panel is gonna be on sunday i think it'll be on sunday maybe you know a little while before ours so you can go to that and then come see us yeah you know what's gonna happen is they're gonna release the official schedule before we actually post this episode <laughs> and we'll, I bet all you. this stuff will be confirmed <laughs> Yeah, I know. That is what's going to happen. That It's the podcasting curse that yeah. you say things and predict things and report on news, and then the day after they release everything, mm-hmm. or an announcement is made, or some other garbage. We got some good announcements before recording this, so and that yeah, wasn't planned. We, we were already planning on recording tonight, so that was That's just coincidence. Cute. Yeah. Also, I would like to mention that this is actually episode 99 of oh, Star yeah. Wars Book Club. So you know what that means. That we should wait and do our podcast stage as our 100th episode? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. That can be our button. 100 episodes. It could be our button. A 100. Star Wars Celebration Chicago. I think that's what we should do. Was our Anaheim appearance our 50th episode? Ooh, I feel like it might have been. We should double check. How easy would that be? 
That would just be a complete coincidence, though. That would be amazing. But I think we should. I think that, we should. That, that means we wouldn't really do any more episodes me. for, yeah, I guess the timing would be about right. It's about a month. That sounds really good to me. So I'm pulling up our, our list here. Let me take a look. While she's doing that, we are going to be reviewing a book in this episode because we've been talking about um, the Flight of the Falcon series. And mm -hmm. and it's actually kind of good timing because with the Galaxy's Edge announcement, uh, the Flight of the Falcon series does tie into Galaxy's Edge. And there's some, some stuff to do with Batu and um, Hondo is going to be part of Galaxy's Edge and all of that. So we're going to be reviewing Lando's Luck um, today. And then hopefully we'll get to Pirate's Price soon. When was Anaheim? <laughs> Are you still looking? <laughs> well, I have it up in front of me, but I'm trying to remember. 2015? Star Wars Celebration. That was actually episode 40. 40, okay. Or 41. 40 or 41. Okay, so we didn't, we didn't get no, 50 and 100. No. That's fine. We can still do 100 for the stage. Episode 50 was our Force Awakens movie review. Uh, maybe that, that was... Okay, cool. Well... Yeah. But either way, I think we should. Episode 100. That would be really cool, and that should be our button. All right. And we have a couple other buttons we're going to be we're gonna be making, too, so... Well, we are? That's news. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, you've seen the different things that I've been working on, so you kind of oh, have yeah. a general idea of what they're going to be, but... We'll hand out a we'll hand out various buttons. So if you see us, definitely come say hi, and we'll give you some buttons. Various buttons. We can't leave it vague, as because they need to know. We'll post it on our social media. Yeah, we well, as we get closer, we'll, we'll put out official. And anyway, so we want them to know what buttons will be available. Don't tease the collectors. No, it's just gonna be like a grab bag. It's just random buttons that oh, we pull out. Ew, gross. No, absolutely <laughs> not for a collector. No, no, sir. <laughs> But more details to come about our podcast stage, like as far as maybe other guests that might be on there with us, authors, what maybe like giveaways, maybe. yeah, stuff. I mean, we don't we don't have anything set in stone yet, but we have zero things. We don't even have like what we're going to talk about. So we have no some one gets giveaways. I don't know what they are. It'll come. It'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to talk right. about this book? Yes, I do, because I did get it, finally get it read, and I'm very excited about it. So do you want me to read this? Yes. All right, so we are talking about the Flight of the Falcon series, the first book in the series, which is Lando's Luck. It is published by Disney Lucasfilm Press. The writer for this one was Justina Ireland, and it was released on October 2nd, 2018. The publisher's summary is as follows. An all-new adventure starring Lando Calrissian and L337 on board the Millennium Falcon. When a smuggling scheme goes wrong, Lando faces an opportunity to do what's right or do what's best for Lando. If he's lucky, he can do both. <laughs> Disney Lucasfilm Press knows how to do a nice, short, and sweet summary. And not, yes, not like Del Rey, who's like three paragraphs. Yeah, no joke. That couldn't go on <laughs> forever. Uh, so one of the things that I like about this series is that it's all about the adventures of the Falcon. And it's told through different perspectives. And Bazin Natal, who we know from uh, Maz's Maz, yeah, Maz, Maz, castle. Yeah, her cantina castle. Uh, 
she's trying to get more information about the Millennium Falcon for whatever reason. And she encounters different people along her her what do you would mission to get information. Yeah, and so this first one word. this first one she encounters this woman and with no name. And she's telling her this story about Lando and L3 and the Falcon. And this story is so awesome. (laughs) Like, I wasn't really sure what it was going to be about. And then I find myself in the middle of it going, ooh. And there's a really cool new species called a a Lena. Lena? Lina? It's like a cat. Yeah, with big, three tails and it's supposed to change its color based on its mood i'm like oh my god it's a mood ring cat well i know you like your galaxy maps i do i and do hey hey look at that how, how cool is incredible it? is it that the star wars galaxy maps book is right here oh you huh. have you have one well huh. i thought it was cool that these books um, and they continue it on into Pirate's Price as well, but they have this kind of, they show the path of the Falcon um, in a map form with all the different planets, but it start, it's not just the flight or the path of the Falcon in these books. It's like starting with Solo, a Star Wars story, and ending with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in like every place that it goes in between, which I thought was like a really cool, I love visuals when they put these visuals into these books. Um so I thought that was really cool. And I, I figured you'd enjoy that since you, you like your maps. I do love maps. But the thing is, is that they always make a maps book and then they add planets. And then those planets are not on the book <laughs> or in the yeah. previous I'm sure Hynestia and Nero's Moon. is not and Nero's Moon are not in here. No, no. they are not. Uh, and then the planet that they go to that they call Livno. Livno 3. three. Livno yeah. 3. That's not its actual name. That's a, a, a fake secret. name for a plant for a planet, so that's definitely not in here. But yeah, because these planets are actually closer they're closer to wild space, um, or even in wild space in this book, so they don't have them on here. But they highlight like if you're looking at the map in Lando's luck, they highlight the the planets that they visit in the book. Mm-hmm. They highlight them in the map. And then if you open up Pirate's Price it's the same thing. Um, they highlight those planets, so it kind of can give you a little bit of an idea of where the story's what? going. How did I, where is that? Hang on. I'm going to get my book, because I don't know what you're talking about. Hang oh. on. Yeah, grab the book. <laughs> where is this secret map you, dis- you, you were talking about? It's right at the very beginning, right after the title page. No, you are a liar. And then there's a little... Dedication. I love the dedication, though. All the space princesses, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and then you flip the page, and there's a beautiful map. Look at map. You didn't see this? You're just now discovering this? Look at that. Oh, I'm excited for you. That's cool. That's and then there's beautiful. a picture of Lando on the next page. So and, they went to Hynestia, Nero's Moon, and Live No 3. And then in the next book, spoilers. we're going to go... Two. Why does it have one? Oh, one is. Oh, they're numbered. Yeah. I see. So in Pirates Price, we're gonna go to Dondu and Wangdin. Guangdin. Wangdin. Takadana. No, Takadana says eight. 
Well, Takadana's highlighted in red on the next side of the map, so I'm sh I'm guessing they're Wait, going there. Where? In in in, in Pirates Price. Oh, I don't have that book in near me. I'm just oh, okay. looking at what says three. Three is Pirate's Price, and it just has those two. Oh, it says three and eight on this book. Takadana does. Oh, well, they're lying to me. They, this they is abridged cool. it. <laughs> this is cool. This I didn't cool. know this was in here. Wow. And I think these two stories, Lando's Luck and Pirate's Price, are kind of the, the new canon stories. But then everything else you see on this list is you know the movies that we already are aware of and then one of the choose your own destiny books shows up here as well yeah the luke and leia i'm excited for that one which i haven't i haven't is that not out yet i don't Maybe. know that's a good but question i haven't I haven't done the choose your own destiny books but i have uh the one that was han um and han and chewie that one was actually pretty good i kept losing i didn't get very far <laughs> to be honest, I make I make the wrong choices. Um, but yeah, so one of the things I did, like, I mean, on top of oh, the map, is out. this is out. The Choose Your Destiny Star Wars Luke and Leia is out. It came out on October second too. Okay, so if so you I read those three books, then you get the entirety of Flight of the Falcon, really, um, as far as the story goes, and then watch the movies. Any movie that the Falcon is in. Um, which is all of them? No, not Rogue One. Um, but yeah, so I liked how they asked. They also added um, some illustrations in this book too, which it was yeah, illustrated was by cool. Annie uh, Wu. Annie Wu, who we had just seen a lot of her art in the the Women of the Galaxy book. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and another cool thing about this book too is that there is a lot of diversity in it. The two. The main girl character is of a, I don't know, POC descent, I guess. Um, she they don't. Definitely they definitely a person of color. Yes. She is a person of color. I mean, they don't define it, but they do discuss it. And then there is artwork that shows that she is a person of color. So I think that's kind of cool. And she's a princess, which is even cooler. Yes, Princess Renetta, and then uh, her mother, Queen Forsythia. This, this book has, like, really good names. Really and... good names, and she's also known as the Assassin Queen. Yes, which was kind of cool, the backstory behind that. And I thought the name, the planet name Hynestia is, like, a really cool planet name, too. Better than like Batu. That. Way better. Yeah. Way better than Batu. <laughs> and I was actually, when they mentioned Batu and Black Spire, I went, oh, tie-in. Oh yeah, definitely. Well done. Especially at the well end, done. at the end of the book, you get a little tease of what's coming up and and uh, where Bazine is going to be going to next. Yeah, and L uh, three's personality shines through, really awesome in this book. Yeah, and you can kind of tell me, it's... it helps me because I love L three. Yeah, I and mean, this is a great opportunity for anyone who wants to get more on l3 and lando at this in this time period this is an, a great book to read kind of as oh, a companion piece yeah. to um Solo. last shot even yeah like last, last shot, shot has a lot of that and then the so and solo and then and then lando's luck i mean that, that's another if you're a fan of of l3 those are the things you want to you know take in and if you want to learn more about a mood changing cat this okay. book is yeah. for you <laughs> a bipedal alien species that looks Zelgris like is a cat 
and whenever her mood changes, she changes color, and you don't want her to turn orange. That is one thing I learned. Orange is bad. Orange is bad, but she looked different. Like because I I did the audiobook first, mm. and then it's I read like the, a three hour audiobook. Right? Yeah, it's a short audiobook, and then I read the the actual book, and then that's when I discovered that there were illustrations, and so I was like, oh, like I can see what what she looks like, and then she didn't really look at all what I imagined for whatever reason. She's a big cat. Yeah, big. I think I imagined her maybe a little leaner. Um, not so broad. She's a big intimidating cat. And another, um, they have that like kind of crime lord um, character. Oh, that... that reminds me of, of Proxima. Yeah, definitely she's reminds in a tank. Yeah. And they had an illustration of her too, which was helpful. Yeah, because that was, was that was helpful because I was having a hard time picturing that. Yeah, I was too. And then I saw it and I was like, okay, yeah, that works. That makes sense. Uh, she almost ate Lando alive. Mm-hmm. And I like in the illustration they give you where you get to see Renetta, you get to see her mag boots because they talk about her mag boots a lot. Yes. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I wish, like I like, I know some people prefer to just kind of imagine a character how they want to see the character, but I really like official images of characters. And so I'm glad that this book had just a couple. I mean, it doesn't have like illustrations all throughout it. There's only like four yeah. or five, but the ones that they picked were really good. Cause then you're like, okay, now I can picture this character. I can picture this alien, um, mm -hmm. which was really cool for me. Yeah. And I love the story too. So Renetta is a really awesome character and I would love to see more with her, but she is like 13 she's trying to figure out her you know her life and what she's going to be and how she's going to go about things and she makes a promise to her teacher Zelgris who's this cat and to save their planet basically and so the whole book is about her trying to convince Lando and L3 to help her with this mission to save this planet. And at the same time, you're getting all of this backwater smuggling stuff with Lando in all kinds of trouble. I mean, he's in Han Solo kind of trouble. He is, yeah. He's got like three <laughs> different people after him. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is the story for me. It's just really, really cool. And it, it's kind of constantly going. It never really dies out and lulls and gets boring. It just sort of just it's kind of action all the time, which is really neat. And you also get introduced to some really cool creatures in this book as well. And you can see the eyes or see the story through the eyes of a 13 year old. That's learning about life and learning about how she wants to be. Uh, the end is actually kind of tragic though, because so she's on this planet um, is what was it? Hynestia. Hynestia is her home planet. And this planet has been taken over by the Empire, and her mom is the queen, and her mom has made a deal with the Empire that she thinks is, you know, the best thing, which is basically keeping the Empire off of the surface of the planet. But really, the deal is just slowly draining the planet, kind of like Lafal, you right. know, slowly draining the planet of its resources, and, you know, sooner or later, the planet's going to die. And because that's what the Empire does. And so you know that she's supposed to become queen. And she does mention several times, what will I be queen of? You know, will I be queen of anything? And, you know, when you get to the end of the book, you find out that 
the planet was taken over and the Empire basically killed everyone and was looking for members of the royal family, but they couldn't find any because everybody had fled. And her mom ends up dying basically unknown on that moon. Nero. Yeah. Yeah. And hiding. And, and so princess Renetta has to go into hiding too and lives most of her life that way. And so it's, it's just a really big reminder too of the empire yeah. and how much they stink and how much I want Tam to realize that the empire and the, and the first order are the same. <laughs> <laughs> that was random. Well, it just made me think about the fact that Tam in Star Wars Resistance yeah. doesn't seem any, see anything wrong with the First Order right now. And I'm just like, why? And she also didn't see anything wrong with the Empire. She thinks the Empire was fine. Right. Because because she, of her perspective. It's a whole other. She hadn't seen other. a firsthand perspective of the, the um, horrible things that the First Order and Empire have done, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think I think there was some hints that they actually were able to get most of the population off the planet before the Empire really did too much damage. Yeah, they went to live on and, they went and lived on Lina or Lina. Lin, 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 what is it? <laughs> I think it's Lina. I think that's how they pronounce it in the audio. No, there's a L Y N N A. No, well, L Y N N A is the name of the species. Oh, cat. that's right. And then, then the secret name of the planet is Livno. Right. Livno Liv no. 3. Okay. Yeah, that they may have gotten them off to go live on Livno 3. Yeah, that's kind of what they hinted at um, because Bazine is meeting with, and you don't find out to the end of the book, but you kind of figure it out pretty quick that she's actually meeting with an older um, version of Princess Renetta. Yeah, of Princess Renetta. And they called her like the missing princess, I think, or mm-hmm. the. The Lost Princess. The Lost Princess, that's right. So The Lost Princess. The Lost Princess reminds me of Rapunzel. <laughs> so her mom was the Assassin Queen. She was the Lost Princess. I mean, this book just really had really cool naming conventions. Yeah, I Give agree. Give that to Justina Ireland. She's she's good at naming stuff well, in Star you, Wars. Well, didn't you get to see Justina Ireland at a convention? Yeah, she was at New York Comic Con at um, an author's panel there which was uh, pretty cool and got to see a handful of authors. I believe Amy Ratcliffe was on the same panel. And so this was before I had read the book at all. So I had no idea what the book was going to be like, but they let us pick um, everyone that, that went to this because it was actually a ticketed event. Mm. Everyone that went to it got to pick what book they wanted signed. And I didn't really know. And there were a couple options. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get Justina Ireland to sign my book because I don't really know her. And I don't have, I've never met her. And I don't have her signature. And Lando's Luck was a book I was excited about. So, yeah. So my my copy that I read was a signed copy by her, which was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Did she talk about the book at all? She did. She It was before the book had been released. So she couldn't say too much. But she did talk about... Um, in fact, maybe the book had just been released, but it was right around release date. So she didn't talk about too much. She didn't want to spoil anything. But she was just kind of talking about her experience in writing Lando, and she was really excited about being able to do that. Um, so, yeah. And she's also a person of color, so I think that meant a lot to her to include characters, um, the characters that were in this book, and then also write for Lando. So, yeah. You know, this this story actually, I think, could make a really good movie. Oh yeah, and that's because one thing about these. It has a definite beginning and a definite end, and it would tie in really well. And I would love to see Donald Glover and L three again. So, you know, 
I think it would be a really good movie, actually. Oh, yeah. It's one of the thing about these junior novels is you were saying earlier that they, there was no really lull. And it's because they're shorter. They're a little bit more to the point. And they, yeah, they kind of read like a movie. It's, it's very, you know, it flows really well. And they don't get into kind of a lot of the minutiae that some of the longer novels get into. Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I actually, like some of my favorite books um, that I've read recently have been some, like even uh, The Mighty Chewbacca in The, in the Forest mm, of Fear was, was such a good book, but it was a junior novel. And so, yeah, these are fun. Yeah, this would be a really great, you know, if they're doing they're doing original content for the Disney Plus series. I mean, they're a Disney Plus streaming service. Like, this would be a really good, kind of in the vein of the Disney Channel original movies, um, the DCOMs, mm -hmm. that of a movie like that, you know, that's on the Disney Plus streaming service. It's not like a you know a crazy big block, blockbuster or anything, but it's just a good good story for a movie. Uh, I still remain that Lost Stars should be a film. So could you imagine if they did that with the Disney streaming services, they start kind of adapting some of these books into like, even if they did like uh, 2d animation or something. Oh my um, God. Just, that would be cool. That would be the coolest. That'd be amazing. Wow. Actually. Yeah. Really did you, cool. as you were reading through this book, I know you had mentioned Donald Glover. I'm imagining that's kind of the version of Lando you were picturing. Yes. Um, I, I actually found myself kind of going back and forth between kind of imagining Donald Glover as Lando, but then also kind of seeing like a young Billy D as well. It was kind of morphing a little bit for me. No, no. See, Donald, Glo Donald Glover is hot as Lando. And so I was like, Hey, Billy D is not too shabby himself. No, but I'm Especially just saying young. like Donald Glover is my like young Lando. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I kind of knew the answer before I asked. I mean, but if, I was I was just if, wondering because I, story, I found myself thinking of both versions and kind of I even the if, personality. If the story was on Cloud City and like in that time period, I probably would have pictured Empire Lando. But because it's set with L3, I have a very Donald Glover. Not to mention it's literally Donald Glover on the cover. Oh, I know. I know it's I like mean... <laughs> it's that time period. It makes complete sense that Donald Glover would be the version. I think what it shows me is how good Donald Glover is at portraying Lando that mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't, there isn't like this big separation between Billy D's version and Donald Glover's version for me. No, like well there of, isn't. They kind of, he does such a good job of playing that character that they, they do kind of blend together for me. So as I was reading it, I was almost imagining this kind of in between amalgam of, of the two actors. Yeah, and all I know is that I loved L3 in this book. It was just so great. Yes, yeah. She she, she has she some amazing, great lines. amazing lines. And you can just hear, you know, her voice from the, you know, from the movie saying some of this stuff, you know. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. I was trying to find some of them, but I don't remember where they are. But I just, I was laughing at some points you know, where I was like, okay. <laughs> and it seems like it's, de it's definitely kind of earlier on in their friendship uh, because they really, tr like in a way they haven't gotten to that point yet. I don't think that you see them in this in solo. Mm -hmm. Not yet. Where they've become a little bit more like what you would call close friends. At this mm -hmm. point, they're just like working together and she's even kind of like, I I've thought about leaving multiple times. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> yeah. you know, this guy is just trouble. 
So they, they're not quite at that kind of uh, more, you know, intimate friendship that you see in, in Solo. No, not quite yet. Yeah. Not quite yet. But L3, L3 just cracks me up just in all in all ways. But yeah, the story is really good. And I love getting to see it through Princess Renetta's eyes and her deceiving her guards and her mom and all this stuff so that she can return the solstice globe. They even get to the part where they call it this ball thing. And she's like, solstice globe. It's globe, not ball. The globe, not ball. <laughs> and I like at the it's end where a, they're... such a teenager thing to do. That's not its name. <laughs> Lando is like so concerned about coming out a hero and that's really like half the reason why he even accepts to do this as part of it he's trying to be a good guy but at the same time he just wants to be a legend well and... that but also the bigger part is he wants out of jail he's yeah. bored yeah <laughs> he wants out. even when they're like finally getting there and returning it he's looking around at the cavern and there's like jewels on the walls and he's like oh I could if I just got a handful of these you know I'd be set you know yeah he's so just he's trying always... to steal stuff they're like no that's not a good idea and then they restore the globe to its rightful place and then everybody's standing around like so yeah it took a while for it to boot up and now <laughs> <laughs> and then he makes a comment he says and all i got was this rock and then he finds out later that this rock is worth like a ton of money <laughs> yeah which he got to keep it right he did he did yeah. get to keep his sparkly rock <laughs> yeah that's good and he makes several comments throughout the book about the Falcon needs to be cleaned, that it's mm -hmm. looking a little dingy. You know, and I don't like just, it when the floor gets scratched. Yeah. And he says stuff like, I don't want people like, I don't, I don't like looking scruffy. Like he makes several comments that just throw you to the Millennium Falcon looking the way it does in the end. And you just <laughs> shake your head like, oh God. I, I, I like the part where he, he's like wearing his favorite cape. <laughs> and then he sees this other guy on this planet that's wearing the exact same cape and i guess whoever sold him the cape told him it was a one of a kind and he's like well that yeah, ruined I, it well the thing i think the thing that ruined it is that the, this guy was wearing this yellow cape with like khaki white khaki. pants or something yeah. and he's like oh oh like, that doesn't go together well that's no. ruined it for me i can't ever wear that again yeah i just i love that the, the attention to detail of the fact that lando is so concerned with fashion and, um, you know, what accessories he's talking about wearing a scarf at one point, how good he looks in a scarf, you know, yes, like that type he of thing. ties her up with a scarf. And then also she, Princess Renetta makes a comment about who needs 40 capes. <laughs> like, she was able to steal his blaster because he was like fixing his hair or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they, they nailed cool the character necklace. for Lando. She has this really cool necklace that supposedly makes her invisible. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah, this this book blended all the elements you would expect in a Star Wars book. You know, oh, yeah. In a Star this Wars was... story. You know, you have princesses and, a... and queens and Lando and the Falcon and then magical kind of things, but also science kind of things. It's just, it's that perfect blending that, that it made it such a good Star Wars story. And I remain that some of my favorite stories in the new canon have been from young adults. In junior mm -hmm. novels they're just writing star wars better for whatever reason they're writing it better and it's been really cool to have all these different options now i'm really interested because claudia gray did a great job with bloodline i'm really interested in master and apprentice 
Mm-hmm. But we're talking about an author that can cross genres. I mean, she can do a Lost Stars and a Land, uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and then she can do a Bloodline. And yeah. I think that's a really important thing is that you have these authors that can do the novels and the young adult. And I am really curious to see, like, you know, could Justina Ireland cross those gaps? Could Delilah Dawson do the same thing or Beth Revis. I would love to see Beth Revis write a novel novel versus a YA novel because I really enjoyed rebel rising. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, and we have a lot of female authors that are doing this, that are writing star Wars so well, it really makes me, it kind of is opening my eyes of like, wow, we are getting some of our best star Wars stories from women and people of color and young adult novels who would have thunk <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah definitely so is um i know we haven't talked like favorites in a while but is is lost stars still your favorite yes oh my gosh i love that book i okay. need to reread it i really need to reread it i should probably get the audiobook because i read that one didn't i or did I did I get maybe I have it I don't remember it's been a while but man I think we both I do read the actual book on those I definitely didn't do audiobook on that one um, not that I, maybe I'll get proved wrong somebody will pull up an audio clip of me saying I listened to the audiobook but <laughs> I don't think I did um, I'm I'm interested in the manga as well I know you you had said previously that you weren't that interested in that but I'm curious to read that that version of Lost Stars too just to get some visuals mm-hmm. But um, no, yeah, and I hope they revisit those characters. I don't have, characters. I don't have Lost Stars. The one thing I did a, notice about um, because Pirates Price and Lando's Luck, and a lot of the other Disney published books, um, kind of have that same style where they're like that black, the black spine with that little lightsaber logo at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so like that, if it looks really good when you put them all together on a bookshelf. It does. But Queen Shadow is they went a different direction with it and did this like really bright yellow. And so I was like, Oh, I was a little bummed. They didn't stick with the black. Cause all the black ones like kind of looked really good together. <laughs> well, it's not the same. <laughs> I know, but they're all, all the Disney and they, it, it still has the lightsaber logo. So they kept the logo thing, but they just didn't keep the color, but it's not the first one. Most wanted Padme, did like a, a purple. Padme doesn't like black. Yeah. I mean, she does, but it's not her color of choice. Come on now. And maybe it wouldn't have matched as well with the, the cover, but yeah. I do like how these um, Flight of the Falcon books, how they actually just print the cover, like the, the image right onto the cover, and they don't have like a, a slip cover, like a dust jacket. Yeah, I do like that. I like how they just print right on the book, so that way I don't have to worry about losing the dust jacket. Yeah, I always, I and I take them off anyway, and then I stick them on a shelf, and then I forget to put them back on later. Yep, I do the same thing, and then I end up losing them. Or accidentally putting something on top of it and giving it. Or squishing them. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. I really, really like this book. And I think we are going to have to revisit our ratings for our 100th episode. Yeah, possibly. We can talk some ratings, yeah. although there's a lot to rate now, so it's tough. it'll be tough. Well, we have to set some parameters. Yeah. That's true, yeah. but we previously had left out junior novels. So if we include junior novels, then that means we got to include Jason Fry's books. 
which he wasn't he wasn't too happy we left him out so <laughs> oh what are we talking are we talking about the 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 rebels books yeah yeah well i do yeah. like those so i do like those that's true it'd be a quite a long list but um yeah there was something else i feel like i was going to say before we ended but i can't remember now so we can just end Sounds good. All right. So you can find us in between shows on Twitter. We are at SW Bookworms. You can email us your thoughts on Lando's Luck if you've read it and on Pirate's Price if you've read that. StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash StarWarsBookworms is our Facebook page. Yes. And stay tuned on Facebook because we'll be posting some more information about our uh, celebration podcast stage and uh, put up like a nice graphic about it. Yeah, and if you want if you want the information first, we usually post stuff in our Facebook group first. So on Facebook, look for Star Wars Bookworms under groups and you'll find us. If you are not a member of the group yet, you can request to join. There are a couple questions that you have to answer or we don't let you in. And you can also find us on Apple Podcasts because it's not called iTunes anymore. <laughs> and you can leave us a review there if you haven't done that yet. That'd be much appreciated. And you can find Teresa on Instagram and Twitter at IceColdPenguin. You can find me at A.B. Goins. And before I read this, head over to our store on TeePublic, which is the Star Wars Bookworm store, and you might find a shirt that includes what I'm about to say. But you have to say that until next time. So until next time. Keep on reading, and may the Force be with you. Do do do.